Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on the Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Hey, listeners, we've missed you guys. We really have, and we hope you guys have been doing well. We're, of course, still in quarantine. Pretty sure we're on week eight or 1,000, who can really say. But we have a few good things to share today, namely the magnanimous, brilliant Claire Fallon is back. Welcome back, Claire. Welcome back. Hey, guys. It's so good to, to be here back from maternity leave. I have to say, it seems a lot more like still being on maternity leave than I expected. Everything is counted in weeks and I don't have to wear anything but sweatpants or maybe no pants at all. So it's been a very seamless transition and it feels just really good to be back. Yeah, just going from being home with baby to being home with baby. Exactly. Yeah, it's I'm living the dream. I've I've always wanted to spend more time in an apartment with my husband and child. And now I get to do that and also uh, record this podcast. So who could ask for more? <laughs> yeah, it's not as though you need like to talk to other people or breathe in the air without worry. I mean, you know, details, details. <laughs> but today we're dropping in just to check in. While we've been in quarantine, we are still talking about all things The Bachelor on our Facebook and Instagram through our little show, Here to Make Friends in Quarantine. And we have a bit of bonus content to share with you. Yeah, we've had so much fun doing the show. And last week we had an amazing interview with Julia Ray from Listen to Your Heart. And we had to share it with you on the podcast because why not, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a really fun interview. I mean, Julia Ray had a, a huge arc that that culminated on this last episode. Um, and she's positioned as sort of a villain. It's always so fun to talk to the villains on this show and see a little bit more about their perspective and why things unfolded the way they did. And this was no exception. She was a lot of fun to talk to. We're really excited for you guys to hear it. But before we share that interview with you, we have some more exciting news. Here to Make Friends is nominated for a Webby Award, and we need your help. Voting ends this Thursday, so please click on the link in the show notes and vote for the pod because we love winning. <laughs> we love winning. True. And now our interview with Julia Ray. 
So guys, today we are here with Julia Ray, one of the singing singles featured on The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart. Yeah, thanks for being here with us from quarantine, Julia. It's great to have you. Thanks so much for having me, guys. So where are you quarantining exactly? I am in Ocean City, New Jersey, which is the little beach town I grew up working in every summer. Uh, I had to quarantine pretty early because I have cystic fibrosis. So I've been taking all the precautions necessary. I honestly haven't left left my house. I broke my foot in quarantine. So I'm just having like a real time. Of it. <laughs> oh no, my God. Yeah, I guess no better time to heal than when there's <laughs> nothing you're missing out. Yeah, there is zero FOMO. <laughs> Did you have to go to the hospital to get your foot checked out? Because of COVID-19 and cystic fibrosis, I was unable to go to the hospital. My, um, the surgeon that I consulted with said, you know, just wear a boot, stay off of it for four to six weeks. And if we need to go in and fix something later, we can. So that's kind of been the game plan. Wow. Not yeah. the best timing. <laughs> no. But at least you can no. rest and relax. So that's good. Yes. And watch myself flounder on listen to your heart (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it must be a real experience watching yourself date on tv how how did you get cast on the show in the first place yeah so I've been performing my whole life um and my dreams have always been to sing and perform and so uh I've been in in tune with castings and this casting popped up in my uh email inbox and they asked if I was single and a singer and Yes, I was both of those things. So I figured it was a good opportunity. So how did you prepare other than that? Did you watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette before entering Bachelor Nation yourself? I had watched early on, like when I was younger, I remember watching with my mom actually. And then I fell out of it for a bit. And then I binge watched Bachelor in Paradise and Bachelor and Bachelorette the last few seasons to prepare a little bit. But honestly, there was no preparing for this show because the concept was so, uh, we didn't know the concept. And honestly, every time Chris Harrison walked in, I was like, please leave us alone. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that whatever's coming is not great. <laughs> so yeah. going in, did, what did you know about what the show would be? Like, what was a surprise to you? Everything was a surprise. We, we knew that it was a Bachelor show. Um, so I knew that Chris Harrison would be there. I didn't know if there would be rose ceremonies, how like people would be going home. I was under the impression that it was paradise. So I figured, well, I guess I'll be able to explore my options throughout the entire experience, right? Um, Which is why I found myself in the pickle that I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) I know they really made you decide early too who you were going to be paired up with both musically and romantically. Was that tough? Did you feel like the pressure to pick someone almost automatically? Yeah, I clearly was uh, uh, an emotional wreck when that happened. I, uh, for a couple of reasons, I think I, you know, it's one thing to be, find your love connection here, right? Like try to find the person that you're supposed to be with in a short amount of time and suss out all those feelings. But then add to that, like dangling right in front of you is your biggest dream of pursuing your music career. So the stakes were so high. And I, when Chris Harrison said you're coupled up, I panicked and I spiraled and I overthought everything. And uh, I think that was very evident. (laughs) I mean, even under the best of circumstances, being on a dating show like this is tough. Plus all the extra twists, the musical, 
element, uh, the way that they intersect. Um, it, it's a lot. Uh, but, you know, aside from some conflict, you made some friendly connections too. Who are your closest friends in the house? Yeah, I made amazing friendships through this experience. I am extraordinarily close to Jamie and Rudy and Mel uh, and a lot of the guys like um, Danny and Michael Todd. Like I love, I love these people. Uh, and that's something that hasn't been highlighted in the two hours that you guys get to see every week. But there was such camaraderie because we do know what it's like to face rejection in the industry that we're in. So there was this level of just like, we get it, you know? Are you guys still in touch? Do you have one of those delightful group texts? Um, we do have a group chat and I'm in touch with, like we FaceTime every single day, like the people that I just mentioned um, and that they've been really helping me through the uh, harsh feedback that I've been getting um, because they're reminding me that though that's what America is seeing, it's not, um, it wasn't the whole experience, you know? So it's been really helpful to lean on them at this time. Yeah. So I guess let's get into some of the drama that you found yourself at, at the center of, um, you know, as you said, as viewers, we're not seeing any, everything. We know that there's so much footage that gets left on the cutting room floor. Is there anything that people didn't see that you feel like might give a little bit more insight into your love triangle quadrangle whatever you want to call it with Sheridan and Brandon and I guess Savannah as well <laughs> yeah yeah I wish that people were able to see the connections I had more of the connections I had with Brandon and Sheridan because I think it felt out of the left field for everyone watching it um you know Brandon and I connected the first night we had the first kiss uh we did have that like initial spark that um I often look for and quite frankly um rely on too much in relationships it's probably why I'm single um definitely why I'm single um and then with Sheridan I had this really deep connection uh and that was the most beautiful aspect of the entire experience was my connection with Sheridan and the fact that that isn't being you know like our performances were the way that they were because our connection was so real you know um and I wish people got to see a little bit more of that yeah because it is hard too because you're being you know, told to have a romantic connection as well as a musical connection. Did you find that sometimes your musical connection was stronger with Sheridan than it was romantically? Or did you, did you feel that romance as well? I felt both. And I actually think the coolest part about this concept was the fact that Sheridan and I would have never met in a bar. Like we just would have never talked. And uh, this experience brought us together and the music aspect of it strengthened our relationship because we did work so incredibly well together. And I think it opened both of our minds to the fact that we did have this really special, unique connection. What is it about Brandon? Like we saw this guy become such a hot commodity and I'm sorry, I hate to admit it, but like as a viewer, I don't get it. So please yeah, give us some insight. Oh. He is a smooth, smooth talker. I will say that, you know, I've been yelling at myself, like watching. I'm like, what were you thinking? Like, wake up, like open your eyes. Um, and I think, you know, we had this witty banter and I think he had like Mel and I are so, so close. And she was like, what, what was I thinking? She was feeling the same way, but we both saw the same thing in Brandon. It was his charisma. And when you're one-on-one -on -one with him, he makes you feel like you're the only one which was the problem. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh, I think that kind of explains why he was such a hot commodity. Yeah, and you do get to see a bit of that in this in this latest episode where the way he is with Savannah and the way he is with you, I would feel very convinced if I were in either of your shoes. Um, but if I saw what he was saying to the other person, maybe not so much. It was kind of uh, a lot to take in. Um, you said on Caitlin Bristow's podcast that this tension you had with Savannah wasn't tied to your feelings for Brandon. Watching, you know, for us, the edit we're seeing, that's not what it looked like. It looked like it was rooted in that. What exactly was going on there? Like, did you two just not click? Yeah, we didn't click. And I think that's natural for like you to throw women into a house. You're not going to connect with every single person. Um, looking back, I think my, like look, watching that back after Caitlin Bristow's podcast, I'm like, oh, I really misdirected my anger at the situation at her. Um, I don't have any ill will towards her. I hate that like my spiraling <laughs> affected that episode so greatly. Um, and changed the dynamic for what you guys saw in general in the house. Uh, and I immediately apologized to her after filming. I called her as soon as I got home and I was like, I so regret like doing that. And, and we had a long FaceTime conversation about it. So I definitely recognize my missteps in that situation. Yeah, did you realize maybe how Brandon too is playing both of you at the same time where, you know, he's telling you one thing and he's telling her a similar thing and he really didn't make up his mind. So it kind of pitted you two against each other. Totally. I, and I think what happened in episode three, like when you guys saw by the water cooler, he came up to me and was like, I knew you were going to be here. That's why I chose Savannah. And then they coupled up 30 minutes later. I was so stunned and that's kind of what put me on that downward spiral. I was just like, and he had never pulled me aside and said, look, I've decided to move forward with Savannah. I have a connection with you, but let's, let's call it done. You know, like I would have appreciated that um, closure, but I never got that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was really struck by the conversation that we got to see this week between Brandon and Savannah in which he was almost kind of like, talking down to her and almost gaslighting her watching that back. Uh, did that kind of change the way that you thought about him? Yes. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I could recognize that behavior in him as well when he was with me. Um, as soon as we made the decision to move forward together or kind of, he didn't really make that decision. Um, I, realized that I was so wrong about him and, and I should never have left Sheridan. And, um, that kind of put me on the track that got me to the point that I was with Natasha when she came forward with the information she came forward with, you know, um, he's, uh, he is a smooth talker and yeah. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, the rest of our interview with Julia Ray from Listen to Your Heart. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't, <laughs> turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. 
Dressing head-to-toe in barefoot dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts, too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe, and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. 
their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Before we get back to the show, we have to ask for your help to make this show a Webby winner. That's right. Here to Make Friends is a Webby nominee. Pretty cool. Yes, to vote, just click the link in the show notes and make Here to Make Friends the People's Voice Best TV and Film Podcast. And now, back to the show. I mean, let's talk about Natasha. She um, asked Brandon if he would have stuck with Savannah if she had decided to stay. And he told her, Yes, he would have. She told you that right before your performance and you reacted pretty poorly to that, understandably. You called her a bully and a bad person. Do you stand by that or do you think that it was uh, just a reaction to everything that was going on? 
I think it was a reaction to everything that was going on. I think her timing was so off and I still stand by that. <laughs> I, I don't think as a performer, if you respect another performer, uh, you would never say that to them 40 minutes before they have to take the stage. Uh, it felt like, it did feel like sabotage. Uh, I think, yeah, she was telling the truth, but she should have, she should have pulled me aside right when she told me to put earmuffs over my ears, which what the heck was I thinking there too? I don't know. Uh, I was such an emotional wreck at that point that I just was like, whatever. Yeah, let's, sure. Let's play this game. And I think she had the opportunity to then say, Hey, when I told you to put earmuffs on, this is what he said. Uh, I think things would have gone differently for her and I. Um, I, I reached out to her as well after filming. And I said like, hey, obviously there was drama as we would expect there would be. Wish you well. Um, I haven't heard back, but I still feel the same way. Like I feel, I wish her well. And I, I don't think she was malicious. I hope she wasn't malicious. I think the timing and her choice was not the greatest. Yeah. And it was also tough because you were, you and Brandon were the only couple who switched, you know? So everybody else was kind of judging you in your own way, but you guys were still trying to figure out your own connection. Um, in terms yeah. of your performance for episode four, uh, did you kind of agree with what the judges were saying? How did it feel for you standing next to Brandon singing together? I felt like he hung me out to dry. And, uh, I think that's why I got so upset. I mean, I know that's why I got so upset afterwards. I was just um, kind of destroyed that things had gone the way they had gone and it, everything was so off the tracks and I, it was my fault. And uh, I just made really poor decisions and it kind of blew up in my face. Yeah, it's, it's interesting coming from like a not singing uh, or performance background. Um, never asked me to sing, I'm not good at it. But it, it's interesting to, to sort of figure out what it is about a singing performance that makes it come through for the audience. And I'm curious what you think um, Brandon was leaving off the stage, you know, like what should he have been bringing to these performances that he wasn't? Um, so what was weird for me and the disconnect for me with Brandon is when we were practicing the song, he would look me in the eyes and um, the connection was there. But then when we went on stage for our sound check, he treated it like a solo show. And I was like, yo, you can't do that. This is not what this is about. Uh, and he said something like, well, just touch me to remind me that you're there. And I was like, what? no. Yikes. <laughs> oh my God. So I think like, honestly, the weird thing for me now looking back is the music connection was so strong between Sheridan and I, I could never, you know, I grew up acting. I could never act like that well um, with my performances with Sheridan. Like the reason they came across to be the way that they were is because that was real. That was where our connection actually flourished. And the music connection with Brandon is where it was exposed that we actually were such an ill fit. <laughs> Yeah. He wasn't great with Savannah either though. It didn't like yeah. come off that way. It could just be his vibe of him wanting maybe the music career more so than the love. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. I think I'll <laughs> I think that's, retweet that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good observation, Lee. Um yeah. you know, watching Sheridan's exit was real brutal. Got wrenching. That very the the editors are so cruel with that like beautiful montage of your performances just made me tear up. Um yeah. 
Do you have, I mean, you've touched on this a bit, but do you have any regrets about your relationship with either Sheridan or Brandon? A hundred percent. I regret ever leaving Sheridan. Um, that was really a poor decision on my part. And I hope that, you know, Sheridan and I talked nonstop after filming. Um, and I hope that since the show has aired, it's been difficult for us to connect. And I understand why. And it's been really hard for me to watch back because I understand why it would hurt him. Um, but I hope that one day soon that we'll be able to talk again for sure. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Are you guys in touch? That's nice to know that you have spoken since filming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were very much in touch. And then episode two came along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that must be tricky. Uh, what about what about Brandon? Are you have you spoken to him at all since? Uh, yes, I've spoken to Brandon. I've forgiven him. I, you know, on some level, Brandon was torn too, and I can't blame him for that because I was as well. You know, I could have handled the Savannah thing better. He could have handled a lot of things better. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, it's it's a high pressure situation. Um, and I wish him well too. I am not in constant touch with him. I, I don't need to be, but I also don't have any ill will towards him. Mm-hmm. And which of the couples for you kind of stand out, um, and could maybe win this whole thing? I, I mean, I love all of them truthfully. Like I am really close with Jamie and Rudy. It was really hard for me to say goodbye to them. Um, I think Bree and Chris just were in their own little bubble the whole time and they have this beautiful love for each other. I, and I really, I, in spite of Natasha and I clashing the way that we did, I, I wished her well. And I certainly wish, wish Ryan well. I really think he's a sweetheart and I enjoyed getting to know him through this process. So, you know, your guess is as good as mine, but I think there are some solid relationships there. Definitely. And how was it for you performing in front of these like celebrity (laughs) music legend judges? And, uh, you know, part B, were you as shocked as we were that Jason Mraz was so savage with his critique? (laughs) Yes, I was shocked. He and I are like are actually have the same birthday and I'm I'm so we're cancer. So when he like came out with like guns blazing, I was like, whoa, Jason, okay, you are here. You are not here to like you're here. Like you're doing it. Okay. Um he he was great. Honestly, I loved having him as a judge. Kesha, I think I said like Kesha's a big freaking deal. That's because she is. And <laughs> I love Kesha as a writer and performer. So I was freaking out about Kesha. Um Andy Grammer uh, wrote a song actually about cystic fibrosis. So I felt um, a deep connection with him just as a judge. And we had a moment because of that after my performance. So that was really beautiful. Um, I mean, it was a pinch me moment. It's something you dream about all the time to have the opportunity to perform for, you know, musical heroes of yours. And that was definitely a special aspect of this experience. So before we wrap up, we did want to talk a bit about your cystic fibrosis and the fact that you have been so open about it in all of your interviews and on the show. For our viewers slash listeners who might not know a lot about cystic Mm -hmm. fibrosis, could you speak a little bit to what that has been like to have that diagnosis and if it affected your filming on the show 
and also just like why it was important to you to speak so publicly about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk about that. I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis before I was born. It's a chronic lung disease and it affects your whole body really. Uh, it has certainly come in the way of my dreams before. I had a record contract in LA when I was 17 and my lungs collapsed um, back to back. And uh, it's been a roller coaster of CF getting in the way of my dreams many times. It was important to me and has been important to me for years to be open about my journey because I didn't have someone to look up to when I was little to say, oh, they're still going after their dreams in spite of this battle. And uh, as difficult as it is to expose that part of me, I think it's worth it if I can be that to another little girl or boy, whether they're fighting cystic fibrosis or something else. Um, as far as filming goes, I do breathing treatments every single day. And um, the girls were so supportive. They would sit with me while I did them. And, um, you know, something else that I think affected me with CF and filming is the exhaustion. Um, point blank, I am easily fatigued more so than my peers when we're on the same sleeping schedule. Uh, in fact, I said that to Sheridan once. I was like, I'm so tired. My brain's not working. And <laughs> I meant it. Uh, I get easily fatigued and, and we did have a, a grueling schedule for filming. So I think <laughs> the reason my emotions weren't all like wrapped in a nice bow was because of that as well. Oh, we always say that like all of us would be nightmares on any of these shows, like no sleep. And it just, I would be sobbing all the time. So yeah, including with the wine, if you had no sleep and wine all day. Oh. Yeah. And I, I kept choosing tequila and I was like, what were you thinking? Like, <laughs> It always seems like a good idea until you've gotten a couple in and then you're like, oh, now I remember. Yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, why, yeah, mm -hmm. yep, exactly. That so given how challenging that reality show environment is and how grueling it is, would you ever consider going on another Bachelor show like Bachelor in Paradise, for example? Honestly, this has been very difficult for me. I'm learning a lot and I've learned a lot about myself and my errors and my dating life. And I'm very appreciative for that. I'm so appreciative for the platform for my music and um, being able to share my story and uh, have cystic fibrosis get a little bit more of a spotlight. This has been really difficult. I feel very misunderstood. Um, and I've been severely cyberbullied. And this is the first day that I feel like I, I've gotten myself together in this whole process. So I don't know. I think right now my answer is I don't know. I think I'll never say never because I could feel like I come out of this on top and um, as a better person, I think that there's a high likelihood that that's the way I feel in the end, but I can't pretend that the vicious messages in my inbox right now are not affecting me. Yeah. It's just awful. What some of these contestants go through when you kind of put your life out there and, and yourself out there on TV. And then when you get critiques back, it's, it's painful. What are you doing to make sure that, you know, you're taking care of your mental health and taking care of yourself because it is hard to see those kind of messages flooding your inbox every day. Yeah, it's it's so hard because I want to acknowledge the love and support I'm getting and and people seem to be understanding why my story is relatable, um going for the wrong guy, uh all of that. Um so I see the hate because I'm seeing the love too and it has been heartbreaking to me. I've 
tried to put perspective on it and realized that people that see a reality TV show and don't understand that there's more complexity to the situation than they're seeing perhaps don't are never going to understand. And so I don't need to, to convince them. Um, I've owned up to my mistakes. I could have handled things better. I am not a bad person. I don't have malicious intent. I am very sassy and it did not translate well. Um, and I'm just trying to keep it all in perspective. And I wish the people well. I think hurt people hurt people. I was hurt when Brandon hurt me and I hurt Savannah. I think people that are cyberbullying me are hurt, hurting too. And I think this world is hurting and perhaps that's why it feels even worse right now. Yeah. I think that you have a really, really good perspective on it and that doesn't make it any easier. Um, and you know, to anyone out there who is thinking about tweeting or Instagram commenting something really cruel to someone, like maybe just don't and, uh, bake some bread instead, you know? (laughs) Yes. Banana bread is the thing of quarantine. Exactly. (laughs) If you don't have a banana bread or a sourdough starter, are you even a millennial woman? I don't know. (laughs) You're certainly not quarantined. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Julia, thank you so much for joining us. This was really a delight. It was great to, you know, understand more about your perspective and you really do you know, seem to have a really great understanding of the ways that you went right and wrong. And I think that that is commendable. So thank you for being so open with us. Thank you guys so much for having me and uh, hearing me out because I know that I didn't come across great, but <laughs> hey, you entertained us in quarantine yeah. You're with your beautiful voice. I, I, I've loved listening to your heart. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad National you guys heroes to the reality TV <laughs> department. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys. It means a lot. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Julia Ray, and our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. And before you go, please, please, please vote for Here to Make Friends. Click the link in the show notes and make Here to Make Friends the People's Voice Best TV and Film Podcast at this year's Webby Awards. And while you're at it, give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram. We're doing video episodes every week before the podcast returns this summer. You don't want to miss any of the Bachelor Nation gossip and other news we're covering. And you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Lee Blickley and at Lee BZ. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back this summer before you know it. Hey, everybody. It's Rob Lowe here. If you haven't heard, I have a podcast that's called Literally with Rob Lowe. And basically, it's conversations I've had that really make you feel like you're pulling up a chair at an intimate dinner between myself and people that I admire, like Aaron Sorkin or Tiffany Haddish, Demi Moore, Chris Pratt, Michael J. Fox, There are new episodes out every Thursday, so subscribe, please, and listen wherever you get your podcasts. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug, but I ended up connecting to the world around me, a world where each sunset was painted. 
where I felt adventure's pulse with every step, and where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time.